Serial Entrepreneur. Hello and welcome back to the Serial Entrepreneur podcast brought to you by Startups Magazine and as always I am your host Anna the editor. Today's theme of the episode is going to be focusing on a journey and really learning about yourself and for that we have Sean Winfield, a coach, thought leader and someone who is building up her personal brand and has faced her fair share of challenges. So I am keen to find out what advice Sean has for all of us. Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. How are you? Very good and you're very, very welcome. Excited to be here. You're such a big part of the startups community, so it's, it's only fitting that we finally get you on a podcast. As everyone else, I will start the conversation by asking you, what is your favourite breakfast cereal and why? Right. My favourite breakfast cereal is a quick fix porridge, <laughs> which probably personifies how much I have going on. One of those little sachets, bit of water, bosh done, which feels like you're eating something healthy and then off you go. And then my second piece on that is quite often I fast intermittently. So actually, I skip and eat from 12 to make me feel like I can concentrate on what I'm doing. So it's either porridge or nothing. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you in that sense. Like sometimes you need the porridge in the morning and it can really keep you going for a long time, can't it? Yeah, yeah, it makes you feel like, well, I got the good meal in. The rest is down, it's probably downhill <laughs> from here on in. Perfect. Well, as I said, obviously you've been a big part of the startups community pretty much from the beginning. And so it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. And I'm sure everyone knows all about you and, you know, your ventures so far. But for maybe the few that don't or new to the Serial Entrepreneur podcast, let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah. Awesome. So I suppose the running theme of my 25 plus year, this is as, that's as long as it gets now. I don't go up in those years. Uh, so, so the running theme of those, those years um, in my career has probably been sort of supporting and motivating others to be a success. It's kind of been the running theme of it all, you know, starting in the fitness industry as a fitness professional, training people in the city, doing well there. Leaning into coaching. So went into the coaching, did very well there as well. Studied NLP mindset, sort of um, understanding the art and science of communication so I could really help, again, helping people be that success. So the people I was noticing I was training in the city, helping them to do that even better. And then I suppose I spent a period of time working alongside CEOs and founders in operations, setting businesses up within my career and learned about startup setup and growth, as well as founder mindset being alongside some of these men and women who were working away and the habits they needed for success and really learning about those and then yeah moved on to set up co-startup and go from from zero and have since worked with around 90 startups helping them grow and coached multiple founders in that space to help support them too it's amazing to see what you've been doing and i know you obviously said like there's there's been a few different kind of areas but there is always that running theme of you know helping and giving to other people and that you can see how they all kind of link together what was it that first like made you want to get into the the startups and the entrepreneurial kind of industry and you know kind of start co-start up and go i would i would say my my core value or my sort of what I bring to the table would be clarity and direction and making stuff happen, taking action, uh, which fits very well within the startup space. This is needed often, right? It kicked off when I was thinking of working in the head office of Alessi in, in operations there and I was headhunted to be one of the first few people in Seattle-based tech startup, well, e-commerce startup online, Zulily, and was brought in there to help kick off their um, UK 
headquarters and yeah a year and year and odd into that role 45 people growth to 45 people 50 people within that time huge amount on my plate anyone else would have gone no, I'm not doing that I was that's what I'm gonna do that's my space love it so that's kind of where I got the startup bug I suppose amazing and for people that may not know or may may not have come across Coast Startup and Go, tell us a little bit more about like what you guys do. I know you've spoken about like your core values. Does that reflect literally into the business? Tell me about kind of what you did day to day. Yeah. So, I mean, having worked in, in startups for quite some time, I suppose, with Coast Startup and Go, I noticed the gap in the market for what I did that could help startups grow. I think there's a big sort of gap between idea, building that idea into getting it launched and I felt that I could sort of sit in that space. So I remember with Coast Startup Guard, I'd left a role. I, I was sitting in one of the co-working spaces in London and I'd set this chap's business up. It's like, okay, great. So I've finished now. So what am I going to do next? And I kind of looked around and I was like, well, these are, these guys, these are the guys that I could help. And what an exciting space. I felt an energy around what was happening within startup ecosystem co-working. There was going to be a change. I wanted to create a better lifestyle and a better, it sounds quite sort of egotistical, it literally it goes down to that that I'm, I'm a single parent and I, you know, grafted very hard to, to, to kind of get to where I am at, and at all stages and I wanted to kind of create a better lifestyle for myself. So alongside building a business that led into what startups needed, which was using my skills, I also wanted to sort of double whammy that with having the ability to actually live and have more flexibly and feasibly around that which I think we've all learned more apparently over the last year haven't we the benefits of doing that oh 100% and how long ago I feel like I should know this so forgive me but how long ago was it that you kind of started co-startup and go because I know obviously the the startup and entrepreneurial scene's been you know growing now it's, it's been around for a long time but it's really kind yeah. of like grown and taken off hasn't it in the past 10 years or so were you yeah. at the forefront of that was that were you kind of like you know at the beginning when it did start to boom well, I suppose Coastal and Ghost was set up five years ago and where I see us very much sitting, I mean, in, actually, interestingly, I had an idea for working in this way many, many years ago, as with many people who have an idea, it kind of gets in your head and then it comes back again. And then it's like getting a tattoo or is it, I don't know. I suppose, I think there should be the rationale with that with a tattoo. If it comes back and you've thought about it for three years, get it done. And maybe it's similar commitment to a startup. So, um, you know, it had been it had been popping into my head for some time and where where in terms of sort of where we sit within the curve of change within startups, I think where we sit because we are flexible, we're sort of a flexible click in team to help startups grow. So I think we were very much at the beginning of that co-working boom through to flexible working through to actually setting ourselves up in the way that people already from the start that people are now looking to try to do with their businesses today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's great, like, if you're starting a business and, you you know, you are a bit clueless, <laughs> that's an awful thing to say. But, you know, if you need help in kind of every sense, close up and go, you, you pretty much cover everything that anyone would ever need. So it's amazing to see businesses out there like yours that, that are really thriving. Hopelessly dedicated to both your business and your children? Well, then you might like this podcast. I'm Amrit Santhirasaman. And every week I'll be speaking with founders, investors and global business leaders, discovering their techniques to scale up both their business and children successfully. We'll bring you the latest insights and advice from inside startup land to keep you plugged into the community, show you what's possible and help you have a successful day, both at home and at work.
Tune in to Startup Dads, wherever you're listening right now. Startup Dads. Well, I could sit here and talk to you about co-startup and go all day, and I'm sure obviously we'll mention some more of it, but I also want to talk a little bit more about you. And obviously you spent, you said the last 25 years, you know, supporting and motivating people to take action. And there's probably been so many startups that you've helped move forward. And I now notice that you're on your own personal journey to empower entrepreneurs to create the world that they want. How have you kind of found that so far and that slight shift over? Absolutely love it, if I'm honest. Absolutely. Really, really enjoying the space that I've created myself alongside the business that now gives me the opportunity to show up authentically yeah just it's, it feels like a really organic move I, you know I found myself more and more doing coaching to support the entrepreneurs around the startups that we were working with in co-startup and go on top of that just to give them that extra bit of guidance and support and it built up to honestly to be honest with you the, the, the lever was that it actually built up to the point where I don't think I could do everything. I was had so many people that I've been working with on a coaching basis who wanted my energy to support them. It kind of got to the point where I needed to work out what I needed to do. Yeah, yeah and my leaning, my passion is just to help be, be awesome people to do awesome things and be a success. So my driver and passion for that is so much bigger than I'm actually able to deliver on a one-to-one basis. So I found myself kind of almost like maxed. And I reflected on this and, you know, I wanted... I, I genuinely thought, where do I put, where do I focus this energy? It needs to be further than coaching up and over and towards maybe a wider audience so that I can do what I love, but it's, you know, not a burn myself out on the one-to-one basis. So, you know, I think in terms of the personal brand side, I think it's important to be authentic. I increasingly, I had opportunities to do talks and panels and things linked to Coastal Up and Go uh, to bring my my many years experience to the table and share that with others but I found myself in a bit of a struggle within that space you know often it is the next piece to kind of and there we go just in that said do your do a book and do more talks and let's do this and the marketing and all that rest and I think we'll probably go off to chat a bit more about that later but I'm quite also a non-conformist so I also found myself going, well, I'm not, I want to do the something, but I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing. Or if I am, it has to be from true for me. And so I did some authentic voice coaching, gosh, I mean, for about eight, eight months, we've, we've got a client called The Core Story, they do authentic leadership coaching, great guys. And I had the, the fantastic opportunity for the guy, them to coach, coach me for eight months and sort of reflected on who I am, what's important to me, my authentic voice and what my message is. I didn't want to just be talking about anything. So it's, been, it's, a, it's also been a big part of my own personal journey. I had, a pretty, I had a pretty tough childhood. And as a result, I actually found myself being, I kind of lost my voice and confidence to speak up. Interestingly, I, as I come across, I, have, I come across as very confidently, but internally for a number of years, and I think we all have our things that we would like to work on, I felt like, you know, I didn't have the confidence to speak up for many, many years. And, you know, I actually had to, people might say, how did you get to where you are? But I'm actually just brave. (laughs) But brave, brave isn't a sustainable energy. And why can't I flip brave to enjoy, flip brave to authentic, to excitement about what I do. So for that, I needed to lean into my authentic self and allow my true voice to come out, both professionally and also for my own personal journey. So it's kind of, it's an authentic step in my career, an organic one, um, to share my motivation experience with other entrepreneurs and a part of my own journey. And 
those two pieces have just led me to what I've ended up doing. It sounds like obviously, you know, you're doing now similar to what you were doing with Co-Startum Go, but it's it's more like you, you know, you're taking the the centre stage and, you know, putting yourself out there, which is obviously, like you say, it's, it's brave, but it's also bold and it's, you can see in yourself, like, how amazing, like, it has been for you and you, you've wanted this and needed this for, for maybe a long time. Yeah. What was it that made it now that it happened? And do you wish you had done it before? Obviously, no regrets, no one yeah. would change, but, yeah, like, what, what, what way do you really go for it now? I think I have such an internal... That I, I, I'm an ENTJ, so anyone who knows Myers-Briggs knows they're pretty full-on people who are quite seriously determined beings. And, you know, what I found, as I was saying, was it was an organic step in my journey to be doing more. I, uh, I found myself so passionate about what I want to do for others in this space. Such a driving force that, as I said, I was coming up against a wall of I could only do so many coaching clients and I was tiring myself out within that space. I found that what I needed to do was I had to, my desire to achieve and help more people was bigger than my my previous past, whatever, I don't, know, don't want to belittle it, but hangouts, whatever they may be, my desire to be better than I am to help others was bigger than my own, my own journey. And so I had to put past it. I think also we all at different points in our life face or deal with different parts of who we are. And it just felt like, come on, don't be a silly. What's it? Take some of your own, take some of your own medicine. I'm 46 now, so I'm not worrying so much about what I say. <laughs> perhaps yeah 100% I mean obviously it sounds like you were kind of spreading yourself very thin and obviously this is you you've come to realize that and you know made the the right steps in the right direction to to help yourself you also kind of mentioned a little bit about you know your personal brand and you know when it comes to people and personal brand it is an important thing how crucial is it to build your own personal brand compared to like a business brand and is there any harm in having a personal brand attached to a business it's important to have a good online presence i suppose applicable to when you're definitely applicable to when you're within a role you know for linkedin having that up to date and making sure that you're not doing anything silly on facebook um so i think there's a there's a personal brand involved with people who are even employed with others you know just generally and and definitely as we don't know where this is digital age it's all going to go there's a there's an element of, of savvy needed with all of that Personal brand is essentially reputation, I think. But I would say it's not just about showing up online, talking, doing things and looking good, saying cool stuff. It's also about what you offer and what your experiences that you bring with that. I find with personal brand, there's a lot of, there's a lot of CEOs or people with personal brands who aren't actually saying anything or, or don't have enough experience or they, you know, I think you can get experience in a very short period of time. I think different people have different voices. But I think there's a lot of personal brand, but not a lot of depth at times. I think it's important to, as a business, I suppose, linked as a personal brand linked to a business is what you're saying. Yeah, I think if it's linked to a business, then obviously your reputation showing up within a, as a brand is very, very important. I, I think there is a pivot point when you're a founder and you've developed a solid voice within your business. You've got something to say. And something to say maybe independently, independently as well, then maybe the move to a personal brand makes sense at that point. But I think it has to be a value add to your business. I think there's a danger. There's a danger of it if it's just a marketing tool, which I see a lot. 
um, you know, you can only go so far with that. And then there's a danger of actually undermining the business reputation. It's like, is this, are we, is this value on this? I love the fact that there's more authenticity and voice coming through on every stage. Yeah. I think it's valuable, it's awesome, it's authentic, and it should be happening. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just getting the balance right with how hard you lean into that space and what you're actually saying. A hundred percent. And I think a lot in the space now, like the, the startups, entrepreneurial side of things, a lot of people that I meet are other people, which then you learn about their business, but people remember people, don't they? Rather than sometimes businesses, unless it's obviously a big, big brand, like obviously, you know, your apples and your, your McDonald's or whatever. Yeah. But like for me, obviously previously when I would see co-startup and go I would always think of you because I'd I'd met you like do you know I mean you think of the person do you think it will be kind of hard to not that you necessarily want to disassociate yourself with co-startup and go but obviously now you have like your own website you're you're doing other things like as Sean Winfield will it be hard to to separate when people see you will they will they still think of co-startup and go and is that a problem for you yeah great question I mean, we've been, Coastal Up and Go has been going for a, a while now. We have, you know, we have a pretty solid reputation within the space and we do what we do really awesomely. And I think in terms of my personal brand, you know, I've, I think I'm, you know, I'm long, I'm old and ugly enough to be holding my space and holding my head up with the amount of experience that I can bring and people to see the, the sheer value in that, that, you know, is alongside Coastal Up and Go. I think the two feed into each other nicely because essentially Coastal Up and Go was only an extension of my career. And is this not, is my personal brand not an extension of me? And I think, you know, I, I'm, it is what it is. In, in my opinion, it's what it is. I think, you know, my authentic voice is really important to me, but my authentic voice is actually filled with core values that are in line with, with helping others. So I think that again, will, will speak for itself, I think. A hundred percent. And obviously, like you say, they, they do line, they do link up. It's not as if co-startup and go is like a, a garage, you know, of like mechanics and now you're starting like... <laughs> you know, and exactly. And I mean, inevitably, I'm not going to be, you know, co-startup and go might might be sold on or might, they'll maybe, they might be, do different things with co-startup and go. It was always, uh, now I look at the business, it was always built to help other startups and be bigger than myself. And I myself, you know, lean into the space on my personal brand. Yeah. I completely agree. And it's amazing to see. You've obviously worked with so many businesses and startups and entrepreneurs yourself. What mistakes do you often see within entrepreneurs when it comes to kind of growing themselves and their business? I find I see a lot of, well, running before they can walk is a, is a big one. I think I often see startups not thinking of every different part that's needed for their business success and leaning into the part that they know best. That, well, we're actually, which is very normal, right? We lean into what we're familiar with, but there are lots of different other areas. That's a very broad example, but I think that probably resonates. Yeah, no, 100%. And it kind of leads on nicely to my next question about, you know, everyone's out there, like you say, running before they can walk. Everyone out is out there for success. You know, they just want kind of everything almost straight away. And obviously one of your key focuses is helping people find that success, you know, on the right path, doing the right things at the right time and not rushing. But what would you say is the first step when it comes to building that success? What do you have to do first before you can start jumping? Yeah, I love that question. I think it's it's work on you. You are the sort of machine, for want of a better way, that drives everything that you do and, and everything, all your output, so to speak. Um, so you, 
I think you need to focus on your life and how you live it. It should be a representation of how you then show up in your business and how you want others to show up. You know, if you're not on point with your life, what that could be, you know, having a million and one things to do still in the house. And then, you know, you're trying to rock up on your laptop for work and you've got like bits and pieces around you need doing, uh, or you're maybe not showing up in the best way. You need to ask, what do I need to do to model my life for success? Because it does all mirror into the rest. So I think you and your life and how you live, it needs to be, you know, in the best shape it can possibly be. And then establishing habits that will serve you to be your best. So you can do stuff, right? We all read books and hear things like do this and then get up early and then go for walks or go running, eat this food. And you're like, oh. So I think establishing the best things that work for you as habits in your life. So you build on them and, and that can help with your success and continuously learning, knowing we don't know everything. And actually that's really exciting and continuously learning in that space. And then I suppose... The main point that I think is a defining factor of success and of itself, whatever that means to each person, is taking action and doing it consistently, getting stuff done. You can talk the talk, but if you're not doing it, you're not going to get anywhere. And that takes, um, you know, that takes takes grit at times. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I like how you said working on yourself, because I'm definitely a big advocate for you should be yourself. So how you are in your normal life should reflect on how you are at work obviously you know in a work environment there are some kind of like boundaries and you you're not going to be exactly the same but you know to kind of live two completely different lives wouldn't make any sense you want your real self to be a part of your business yeah absolutely and your habits of how you live your life will be how organized you are at work so so work on you and work on how you work at work (laughs) you will be setting yourself up for success I would imagine yeah completely completely agree with you on that I guess this kind of is reflected in again this question we might have already touched on it but what advice would you have for founders out there that may be struggling with their motivation yeah it's it's tough I you know I I think the the go-to thought there is what a year right we've just had I mean what a time to really test our go-to support system things that work and things that don't work for us I looked into the fact that it's, it's apparently this last period for us, you know, has been, it, we've been apparently been in a languishing state where we are surviving rather than really, leaning. we're not depressed, but we're not overly excited about anything. So we're in this kind of middle space. And what I think, aside from motivational advice, generally, I think this last year has definitely pushed everyone to really challenge how they get stuff done and the, the motivation needed to push through that. One of my advice pieces on this tends to be that your overarching driver or your overarching focus needs to be your motivator. So, for example, am I excited about doing an Excel spreadsheet, putting five pages on it and all these numbers in it? Not on your flipping Nelly. I'm not. But am I excited about the fact that this leads to the success of someone's business or our business or help somebody or bigger picture, bigger picture? Yes. So, you know, I think sometimes it's taking away from that and going into what actually it does. And then I think the other motivator is, it's like putting a, don't try and put a square peg in a round hole. So for example, your way of working and times of working might best on different things are going to be completely different to somebody else's. So find your space, find if you're productive in the morning, do your hardest work then. And if you like to sort of your mind goes off in the afternoon, which I think is the majority of us get your creatives hat on do stuff then so lean into what works best for you because then you're not fighting against yourself 
and then you're motivated to do it, to do it. And then I suppose do small stuff first, even if it's the fun bit, that's okay. You often hear about do the bit that's, that sucks first. Like, why would I do that? So, you know, if you're struggling, it's like, well, I like this bit. It's like when you've had a kit, you know, your kitchen is looking a mess after a dinner party or who has them anymore anyway, a dinner party that we might've had one at one point. And you, you look at it and you're like, this is awful. There's so much to do. And uh, you start to clean a little bit of the surface, then you're off. You're away, right? You're like, <laughs> and then you're done. So start with a bit that works for you to get it done, I think. Yeah. One example that re- like really popped into my head then was I've learned this the hard way. As a child, I would always save the bits of my dinner that I liked till the end. And then often I was like, I can't eat anymore. I'm too full. Or my dad would come and just pick some off my plate. And I'd be like, I was saving that till the end. So like you say, you should have what you enjoy or you find the most fun first. Sure. I agree odd reply but I used to do the same with feast lollies I used to eat all the way around the outside until he had the little bit in the middle <laughs> even if it was about to fall off then you had the last bit <laughs> save the best bits for last but sometimes sure, that right? doesn't work for you yeah. <laughs> yeah I couldn't agree more and like you like you said uh, at the beginning obviously this year we would be having this sort of conversation before COVID, but we would still be having this conversation, but the answers yes. would be slightly yeah. different. I think one thing that people have maybe struggled with a lot this year, or it's definitely become a, a little bit more popular in entrepreneurs and, and founders is imposter syndrome and kind of like yeah. self-doubt. So how do you tackle or how do you help people to tackle imposter syndrome and kind of encourage people to have more self-belief? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everyone suffers from imposter syndrome. They don't, they, they you know, that's a bit weird. Because everyone should, everyone does suffer from it at different times, especially if you're doing something you haven't done before. So that hits a lot of people within the entrepreneurial space if you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Gosh, there you go, imposter syndrome again. I think, you know, there's many, many ways to look at it. Confidence follows competency. So don't expect to feel comfortable doing something if you haven't, you know, if you haven't done it before. And taking action first will obviously lead to the emotions that support you around being comfortable in that space. If we're looking at it from a, oh, well, that's fine, Sean, but I'm already doing my job and I still feel like I'm an imposter. Or, you know, we all feel like that at different times for whatever reason it all works. I don't know. I suppose the advice piece would be change the narrative. You know, what's the issue? So, for example, I don't feel like I'm good at my job. That could personify so many of us at different times. So, okay, so there's a statement, right? So I think changing the narrative means write down all the things that you do well in your job. I'm really good at my job because, and write, 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 write. And actually, interestingly, it might be a bit difficult to think of them, but writing them down and reading them often is something that can help reframe that for you. I think the other piece is um, establishing an affirmation that fights against what your mindset's telling you. So if you're like, okay, I don't feel like I'm good at my job, or I am not, or bolder, I am not good at my job. I think slipping that round and saying something like, I am great at my job and look forward to future success. That's a powerful statement. So to have that written down and reading that, and actually when you're going into that zone, you read that statement to yourself, I am great at my job and I am, I'm looking forward to awesome future success. Then actually that can change the, 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 again, the narrative of what we're saying to ourselves. And then unfortunately the rest is just got to get on with it, you know, and that we, and, and that is okay because we all feel like that sometimes and share tell people talk yeah 
Yeah, I was going to say when you said writing things down, obviously writing lists um, and just even just thoughts, you know, and work that I have to do really helps for me. But I was going to say it does talking, you know, out loud to yourself and just to other people also really help as well. Yeah, just share and just go, hey, you know what, man, I'm feeling a bit weird about this. I don't know why. Well, why are you feeling that? Well, this. Well, most of the time people will probably say, well, that's that's okay. But let me tell you a few things that will help you feel better about that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. I, w- I might change one slightly and um, see what you think. I was going to ask you what some of the biggest um, challenges you've seen in other people, but I'll, I want to kind of ask you what the, some of the biggest challenges have been on your journey so far. I suppose, I mean, I've, I've definitely had a lot, of, a lot of challenges on my journey that have, have definitely made me lean into my, the resources that I have available to get by. You know, one of my challenges was, for example, uh, early days at the beginning of my my startup was that two of the people that I had working with me copied my business. And I didn't know it until I went online. One of my clients had said, hey, person X just had a meeting with me. And at the end, they also showed me their website. And then I remember going home. I didn't click at that time. I was like, okay, thank you. And then I went home and I remember putting my son to bed, starting to put my son to bed and then thinking oh and that thought came in about checking a website so I went into my room and put the laptop on and looked for this space this this particular thing and there lo and behold uh, the website was now leaning into literally a copy of what I was doing and so what a what a shocker I remember that night I I don't remember putting my son to bed and for that I my my annoyance was what a waste of a beautiful bedtime and I don't remember actually putting my son to bed but anyway put him to bed in this whirlwind of what and then I kind of the shock shame sad all that kind of stuff I was grafting single parent I mean I I didn't you know uh, it was just crazy I was on a very small budget for a number of years grafting away I wasn't you know this sort of silver spoon person very very struggling and so I had to kind of reset and go okay so I spent a week and a half, probably not sleeping, thinking about the things I needed to do to, to sort that out. And I literally sort of, it was a number of years in when we were, when we were PA and go. And then I just kind of had to almost start again, took action to remove the people, had to sort of have words with people. The toughest part was that I was so flawed by it emotionally, I knew that I couldn't make a decision. So my, one of my takeaways that I would love to share with others is, I decided not to make a decision on what I was going to do once the people were removed out of the business for three weeks. I would not make a single decision on this because I was not in the mindset to be able to do that. So I just spoke to people and spoke to CEOs, founders, I spoke to lawyers, I spoke to people that I knew, I spoke to my mom, I spoke to my son, I got all different viewpoints. I then looked at what I was doing that I wanted to do more of. I looked at what I was doing that I wanted to do less of. And I had all of these bits of paper. And I remember at the end of this three week period, I didn't really know where I was going with this not taking action, but I was leaning into it. And it was sort of at the end of the three week period, I suddenly felt motivated to go to my dining table and put all my everything on it, to which I did. And suddenly, absolutely everything slotted into place. Every, every wonderful thing that we could now do with the business, every opportunity, the right learning, the things interlinked, the opportunity to rebrand and be co-startup and go, to share my learning with awesome startups, to be bigger and bolder than I'd ever been before. And so actually, I share with you my biggest challenge, but actually was my biggest silver lining. That is an incredible 
incredible quality to have and the fact that obviously you did that and you knew you you knew yourself to do that you know I'm not in the right space I'm not going to do anything because so many people act on impulse and how many times does that end up with regret like that's so empowering I'm so glad you shared that story like I didn't know that was going to come out today so good for you miss <laughs> miss interviewer <laughs> that was that was authentic that is the a, a epitome of authentic and that was the best part Not, all of it's been amazing but honestly that was fantastic well we can't really top that now so my final question to you just as a little roundup Obviously, you're kind of at this like really new, exciting beginning of your new journey. And it's already incredible to see what you've done in this short space of time. And you probably are not going to have a clear answer yet. But what is kind of next for you on your journey? What what do you want to do as the next big thing? Yeah. Um, so I think just continue to enjoy where I am. I think we can often forget to actually enjoy what we do. So enjoying where I'm at with the personal brand and the continue to motivate and support others I've got, you know, over this next period, I've got, you know, this period scheduled talks and workshops, appearances and bits and pieces. I'm doing this, this awards for these guys called, I don't know, what is it? The Hustle Awards. I'm, I'm doing something to do judging the founder of the year, which I think is my, my peak, of, peak of the summer. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also um, launching my podcast, actually, which is called Cracking On With Purpose, where I speak with high achievers and they reveal their routines and habits to help them get stuff done. So that's, I'm leaning into that this year and just yeah going with what you know my motivator is just to help others to be awesome in this space and so I'm leaning into that amazing yeah when you were talking earlier about you know you just have to kind of get on with things and just take your motivation and run with it and I was like this is literally your podcast and I cannot wait to listen to it because it's just going to be like an in-depth version of what we've scratched the surface on today. So yes, I'm so pleased that you're a judge again, a returning judge from last year. So thank you so much for being a part of the Hustle Awards, for being a part of the Star Sucks Magazine community and for being my guest today. You've been an absolute pleasure. Good, good. I've loved it. Thank you. Serial Entrepreneur.